There is balance in our duality. As our energies explore the possibilities, time is but an illusion, and information is power. You're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. Listening to Beyond the Veil on InnerLightRadio.com, where we go beyond the surface level of reality and dive deep to hidden to reveal hidden truths and exciting revelations. Thank you so much for joining us today. Is right now it's eleven o'clock in Toronto in this amazing city. I hope you're all doing well and you're off to a good start this morning. Um, today we're going to be talking about something that is really close to my heart. We're going to be talking about cultivating conscious relationships with our pets. And so before I introduce my, my guest, I'm just going to kind of, you know, get it, go into a little background history of, of my experience with animals and with pets. So myself and, and my sister throughout my past, we've had several pets. We've had a rabbit. We've had birds. We've had fish. We've had cats, and more recently, we, um, our family, over the last couple of years, adopted a dog. So, having a pet, you know, in my family, for us, I, from like when I go back and I observe and reflect on the experience, I really feel that having a pet helped us to stay more centered in our heart and to to remember to be more compassionate and more loving and understanding. And, you know, they mirror to us things we need to kind of fix in ourselves. Like if we're cranky one day, like I found this in, in, on my journey when I was cranky and I was in a really stink energy, you know, my animals wouldn't want to come near me with a 10 foot pole. You know, they would stay far away from me. And then when I would see them react like that, I would be like, Oh my goodness. You know, I need to like check myself. Like, why, why are they doing this? What am I doing wrong? Like, I need to like, think about this. And then I will be, there'll be other days where I'm in this beautiful flow of loving, harmonious energy. And I'm attracting all kinds of animals and, and like, not, you know, also including my pets, like on the streets, cats will be coming up to me, dogs will be running up to me. And, you know, I'll be like, wow, you know, I'm in like really good vibes today. But we're going to go a little bit deeper in this conversation into the whole industry of pets. And if we're if we're the capturers of our pets, are we abusing the privilege of having them in our lives? So today, um, my guest, Sylvie Savage, is really gifted in this area of teaching people how to understand their animals on a spiritual level. Um, So without further ado, thank you for coming on to the show, Sylvie. 
Oh, thank you so much for having me. I so I feel so grateful to be here and to to share my studies and my uh, findings when it comes to pets and our relationships. So, how did you get into this area of diving into this? What in your life kind of like sparked this off? Well, of course, it was a pet that I had, um, and we had a very close relationship. And although. I really loved him and I, I thought he was, you know, my best friend. Um, after he died, I started to realize how much or how little I actually looked after him with my heart. And what I mean by that is how I look after my family, how I look after myself and my parents. And I always think about the words that I say and the food that I feed them because I, I understand there's an effect and a cause to these things. And when it came to my dog, his name was Oscar, I didn't do that. I loved him because he loved me. I was there for him when he needed me to be, only on an extreme situation. I would walk him. I took him to the vet. I fed him. But I never thought of him as a spiritual being, and I never really considered him outside of that. Not as a family member, not and when I came to realize that, I was really, I'm, I'm going to say ashamed. I was embarrassed. I felt remorse. Um, I wish I could go back and change everything. And I can't, of course. And because of that, it started perpetuating this feeling that I need to utilize what I've learned to share with other people so that they can also uh, understand what's going on with our pets, but also not make the mistakes that I made. So what do, you, what do you feel are the, like the, the major problems that people have? Like what are their blockages in how they deal with their pets? Like what is it that they're not understanding? Well, for me, what I didn't understand, uh, very basic things such as food. So I fed my family an organic diet. You know, I mean, I made beautiful meals. Uh, but when it came to my dog, I fed him out of a bag, a highly processed food that has no, I don't know where this food came from. I have no idea what was in it. It didn't really occur to me that this was important. So that's one thing that I felt that I should have known that I didn't. And so when you talk about food, I know this is maybe not a spiritual topic, but it is because what we feed ourselves is really important in the sense of being aware and feeling good and not being toxic. And if we're not toxic, we're way more spiritual and connected. And mm -hmm. so that's just one thing that um, I regret. Another thing for me that I did was I listened to the veterinarian in every situation. So if a veterinarian said to me, you need to um, inject your dog with anything, doesn't matter. I did. I never questioned. I never asked why, what are the, you know, why are we doing this? I just went along with it. And so I never really challenged anyone when it came to what I was exposing my dog to. And, and lastly, I never really considered um, his feelings. Not really. Mostly what do you, and don't get me wrong. I loved my dog. I'm a loving person. I didn't beat him or hit him or, or abuse him emotionally that I thought I was. But I did. I, I didn't consider him being alone for eight hours a day, five days mm -hmm. a week. 
know. So what about this concept? Like you and I, the other day when we had our conversation, you mentioned this this concept that, you know, I never really thought about and uh, about if we're our animals captors, mm-hmm. them not having like freedom of will to just kind of move around and just do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. So how did you how did you come to that realization? I know that's pretty freaky because um I was thinking about uh relationships, right? And I was thinking about what is a partnership? And and I mean when we look at a partnership in a marriage, it makes sense because we work as a team to support our lives and we raise our kids together and and we're we're dealing with family and financial advancement and supporting each other and so on, right? But when it comes to our pets, it becomes a little less clear as to why we have them and what's the benefit for them. Mm-hmm. And the more I think about it and the more I think about the, the partnership, I start to realize that it's not what we think it is. It's not a, an equal partnership in the sense of what we know as our relationships with our children or or, or partners or our family. It's completely different. And then I started thinking about choice and freedom and do these animals have freedom and choice they don't and would they really want to live with us if they had the choice mm-hmm. or would they live with their their family and live in their world and and create their own partnerships and their own relationships that help them fulfill their needs and that I feel is, is such an amazing thing to reflect on. Like when we talked about this the other day, I, I, all these memories from my past are jumping into my mind of my experiences with animals. Like one memory that popped out for me is my dad has a cottage just north of the city. And so every weekend we would go up, you know, there's this, this family that had this dog and she unfortunately was unable to have kids and, you know, Every time we, the minute we would pull around that corner to pull into the cottage, this dog would go ape shit and just be barking and barking and barking. And, you know, like he had to come out and greet us. And then he started spending most of the weekends with us. Like he didn't even want to be at home. And in the beginning, my dad felt really bad about that. He's like, you know, send the dog home. Let him like just make him go home. And but it's like clearly the dog wanted to be with us. And I think even it took them a while to even acknowledge that and accept it and just let him be happy just being with us on the weekends and so i feel like in that situation you know the universe was like providing them this this lesson you know to like detach and make it not all be all about them and all about their feelings and all that and to consider the dog and so that was one experience and another one there was this this random dog this husky that nobody knew where this dog came from we don't know who owned it and he it, it would just kind of roam around i think it was actually a female and actually i think yeah her name was sheba and so she just popped up at our cottage uh one morning and she was just looking at our door she was just standing there looking at our door and she had this like m- very mystical look to her you know the blue eyes all of that it was like almost like waking up and seeing a wolf at at your door it was so strange and my sister and I were like why is this dog here like you know like what does she want and then we opened the door we were a little bit scared because this dog was quite large and we were only I think 10 years old at the time and you know it's just like she just came to say hi she just wanted to hang out for a little bit and then after a while she just left and then we were like you know that was cool 
<laughs> you know? And so when you talk about all this about animals having the choice to go around and choose who they want to be with, it's like if we have that freedom as humans and we're able to choose what relationships and friends we make, why can't they also have that same privilege? I know, I know. And it is, it's like when you're talking about Sheba and how she would show up, it, it, you know, taking it a step further, it makes me think about a spiritual playmate where um, an animal or a dog in this case uh, is committing to a relationship somehow for some reason. And, and then if you start thinking about, even if you think about a true human condition, right, in its most perfect form, secrets, it doesn't hide, uh, it exists in clear love. And, and dogs have no secrets and they have nothing to hide. They only exist in clear love. And so if a dog uses their source to commit or to, to connect with someone, I, I see that as a spiritual playmate, someone who's, I'm here for you, I'm here to help you see things. And, you know, we could talk a lot about how much dogs actually do that for us. I'm starting to believe that dogs are actually our spiritual guides. Mm -hmm. Because otherwise, um, it gets a little confusing about why we have dogs. It's, it doesn't really make any sense. It really doesn't make sense. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm, I'm again, just reminiscing about my memories that I spent with this, with our neighbor's dog. His name was Barney. And have, I felt like as a kid, like he was my lassie, you know, like he was beautiful, very, I felt his spirit was very wise. He was very loving and caring and protective. If we walked off into the bush, as we often did, we went on adventures, he would be right there with us, you know, protecting us. Even if another dog was acting violent with us and barking at us weirdly, he would always kind of like shut the dog up somehow by like barking back and just exercising his dominance. And mm -hmm. then in those moments, we were like, man, like this, this dog's awesome. And he, he's caring to do that for us. And we didn't even ask, you know, and it, it, we felt we felt so amazing. I know dogs, dogs. I mean, I, I think pets just in general are really are, are really special because we as humans are always looking to uh, create deeper bonds. And mm -hmm. I think that's kind of where we are in our lives. We're trying to really elevate our awareness and understanding of why we're here. What can we learn from this experience? And when you think about the relationship that you have with a pet, especially a dog, they mimic your behavior. They mimic your energy because so people because people are, are self-aware, right? We We know, oh, my God, if I talk to this person or these people this way, every time I do that. I get a negative reaction. So I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm actually going to change the way that I speak to this, to this person because I, I want a, a proper and, and positive response. Mm -hmm. So you have a self-awareness. But a dog does not do that. A dog doesn't say, hey, you know, every time I bark at that car, it, it drives away. So I'm going to stop barking and see if it drives. They don't have that sort of ability to have self-awareness and mm. and and that to me says that because a dog does not have self-awareness the only thing they have is their energy they can only communicate with their energy they don't have choice in my mind they don't even have responsibility for the things that they do 
I, I, they do mimic our behavior because of that. They take on our energy. They have no choice. I, I don't know if you understand what I mean. Hmm. Yeah, like, I mean, when we talked about this the other day, this was definitely an area of, of thought that I haven't explored yet. And the, the karmic reality or the other spiritual reality of, of animals and what their purpose is down here. Like, do they have a destiny like us? Or do they reincarnate? Like, well, I, I subscribe to the belief of reincarnation. I think others don't. But, yeah, I ask myself these questions. Like, do they go through this reincarnation cycle? And um, I don't know yet. I have to – I think I have I to ex- explore these things a little bit more. But I definitely feel that energy that you're talking about of an animal being, like, your spiritual partner. Because, like, yeah. every – like, e- let's say, like, even my other cat, like, I adopted – I called him – his full name was Rorschach, but I call him Bubs. And here in the beaches area where I live, this lady uh, had a store called Pets at Peace. And this cat was just in the window. And I was walking by with my partner at the time. And I was like, oh, man, this cat, like, I just, I feel like this cat's awesome. And we were just talking, like, meow, meow, like, through the window for, like, <laughs> half an hour. And my, my, my partner's like, you know what? Like, I really think he's meant to be in our home. I think we need to go and have a conversation with this lady. And I felt like that, too. I felt like he, we were meant to be together. And yeah. we, when we walked in the shop, like our energies just gelled so perfect. Like it was amazing. He's he was the best cat I've ever had. So okay. gentle, not violent at all. Welcoming to all my guests in my home. Loved dogs. It was so strange to see him like fall in love with dogs and want to play with them. It was hilarious. But like my journey with with Bubs was like it was incredible. I felt like even at a t- there was a time where I felt we developed some kind of telepathic connection where I would like be in one room and kind of call to him with my mind and he would actually come. And I tested it a few times. I'm like, is this actually happening or am I just crazy? And I felt that I was like, I think this is actually happening. And when I I looked in his eyes, like many times I felt like I could, I could feel the essence of, of his soul and the wisdom in there. Like he can't fully communicate the wisdom that he has, but I can feel it and see it. He just this just the vibration of, of who he was as an as an animal, and so uh, like, to me definitely they're like super important on a spiritual level. Oh yeah, they're sweet. I mean, for me, the way I see my life is that I I have karma that I'm trying to uh, understand and that I'm trying to evolve from. Right, so behaviors that I have or, or um, instincts that I have that I need to really work on to become a better person and more loving and more authentic. And I do believe in reincarnation. I do believe we continue to evolve as time goes. And I also believe that we have choice, that we do this, that we decide to do this. And when it comes to pets, I, I'm unclear exactly of how this happens and the, the, do they commit to us and it can't be karma because they don't have karma they don't have choice how can you build karma if you don't have choice and so I do think the more I think about this the more I think that an animal does choose us and they do commit to helping us grow spiritually through uh, our energy merge and so you're saying that you were talking to your cat telepathically right and i believe that because an animal only communicates with their energy they don't they don't speak with words there's none of that 
And so they have a multi-sensory communication ability, mm-hmm. right? Without having karmic debt, I guess you would call it, or karmic fragments. And they're able to communicate with you on a multi, multi-sensory uh, way. And if you have the ability to communicate and you have multi-sensory gifts, of course you can speak with an animal. Mm-hmm. That makes complete sense to me. So there, to me, there's a couple of things in this conversation. Uh, one is, is, is do they choose you and, and commit to helping you unconditionally? And they do communicate with multi-sensory ability because that's all they have. Hmm. So yeah, I, I like, do definitely. I, I think I feel the same way. I do understand your conversation with your cat. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I do. And I mean, I have, I mean, I've, I have conversations with my dogs all the time. I'm not, I'm not as strong of a, of a communicator as you. I don't think like in the sense of multi-sensory, I, I'm not as gifted or, or as in tuned, but uh, I'm working on that. And I think it's a great uh, tool to learning about yourself. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like when I go back to the, uh, my memories of being in these weird moods and watching, being fully aware of how animals are responding to me, like it made me realize like they're more in touch with subtle energy than humans are in in many ways. And like it, it's almost, yeah, yeah, probably in every way. And I feel that like them being like our spiritual partners in this lifetime, they're teaching us to become more self-aware about our own thoughts and feelings and how to like accept them move through them and I guess grow from them. And yeah, and I, I just felt like that, that to me was one of the most ex- amazing experiences to have an animal so tapped in to you on, in ways that you're not even tapped into yourself to be, to be tapped into you in ways that your partner is not even tapped into you. And like, and I think this is how people form such deep bonds with their animals, like dogs or cats or, or whatever, because like they're able to like understand your emotions on such a deep level. And I think I, I would say that a lot of people who are in um, relationships also want to reach that depth and find that level of intimacy with their partner. But again, it's like you said, it's like all about cultivating that self-awareness. Without having that self-awareness, you cannot communicate and even build those building blocks to having that intimacy with your partner. Do you, uh, one question I want to oh, ask. Absolutely. Like, we're we're going to, um, yeah. we're going to go on a break soon in a, in a few minutes, but, uh, like, do you think that couples who have animals, do you believe that it enables them to have deeper intimacy in their relationship? If a couple is um, aware and open to understanding their purpose, then absolutely, because they are mirrors to our emotions. And so, I mean, we can dive deeper into this after the break, but absolutely. I don't think you need a pet to evolve your relationship with someone, but I think it is helpful because I do believe that dogs and cats and, and pets are our spiritual guides. They show us what we need to work on to become better. Mm-hmm. Though they're pretty much like our mirrors. Yes. Just as just as our partners are, are like our mirrors in relationship. Yeah. Except a pet, a, a partner, I find more difficult 
<laughs> because you know they, <laughs> they they are very challenging, and you have to accept things about people that maybe you don't like. Um, and when it comes to pets, they're not they're they're perfect. They're just perfect. And and as I mentioned earlier, right? They were um, they're just they're in light and love. That's all they are. And so there there's nothing purer than a pet. So yeah, so it's a lot we easier. A, with- we have a quick uh, comment here. Um, uh, that a person just made, um, living in earthquake country here in South California. And it's common knowledge to watch for strange behavior from your dog and the birds as to prepare for an earthquake. So that's another thing too, that, that is amazing about animals and having pets They because they're so in tune and in, in touch with the earth on a deeper level than we are. Sometimes they're able to pick up on weather phenomenon, earthquakes, dangerous spirits or whatever it is like I've, and I've experienced that with my animals and I always f- felt so grateful. Like I was like, wow, like this is amazing. Mm-hmm. So did, in your journey with your dog, did you ever experience anything like that? With my dogs? Yeah. My, my dogs are, I don't know. I think my dogs mostly let me know when I'm feeling sad or mm-hmm. when I'm, when I'm feeling a certain level of anxiety about a situation. I think that when my, my dogs have very clear cues that they give me where they're like, you are acting up. Like, you know, (laughs) one dog, one one dog leaves the room and the other one puts their paw on my face. Like it's pretty clear. It's like you are, (laughs) you're acting out lady. You need to stop this behavior. Like, so yeah, of course the animals are so in tuned with, with so much more than we are um, because they are not, they are just pure form. That's all they are. They're pure. Mm -hmm. So uh, when people are are, like, I want to go into talking about like now, like the industry of pets, because we were, you and I, the other day were talking about how it's like this multi-million dollar industry and how, you know, it's, it's kind of harming the spirit of animals. So, like families and people when they're going in and they're choosing a pet, you and I were talking about the superficial reality of that. Like, Oh, this animal's cute. So I want to bring him home or, Oh, that cat looks like so beautiful. I want to bring her home or like whatever. Like there's no other high level of awareness. There's no other um, levels of appreciation for who that animal actually is. And again, like, like, it's also a reflection of how we perceive other human beings. Like, you know, oh, this lady has a hot ass or whatever, or a nice rack. Like, oh, yes, I, I do. Thank take you. Her home. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? With the lack of awareness that uh, that a pet's life is, like, if we don't know how valuable and sacred our pets are, or animals are, or anything is, um, we they just become a cheap commodity. And that's really where we need to shift this understanding of what our dogs and cats and animals and the planet is. All of these things, except for us humans, right? We're just so sacred. All of the, everything that we are, everything that we live with, all of these partnerships are sacred. And we do not see our dogs and pets as sacred. We see them as commodity. We can buy them. We can sell them. We can have them do whatever we want it's it's yeah i mean we can talk about that i can talk about that with you for another two hours (laughs) 
Well, we're going to go on a quick, a quick uh, break here. It's it's at the bottom of the hour. And when we return, I think we're going to dive deeper into some of these other things. We're going to talk about Caesar Milan and, and his journey uh, dealing with dogs and dog training. And go into whatever comes up after that. So, yeah, I, I hope to see you uh, back after the break. I'll be here. If you're ready to change your life, you've come to the right place. My name is K-Love Truth, and I'm your catalyst dedicated to sharing good vibes, mind-expanding, and heart-centered information. Knowledge is power. In this fast-paced world, it is so easy to get distracted by the matrix and miss out on connecting with the right people and information that will truly help you in living your best life. On this radio program, I save you time and energy by sharing awesome people, new discoveries, life solutions, and wisdom to help you take action and create a positive shift in your life. I invite you to join me and share in this exciting adventure. Listen to Beyond the Veil on innerlightradio.com every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Beyond the Veil, inspiring conscious evolution. For the best in metaphysical, spiritual, and holistic programming, you're listening to InnerLightRadio.com, the healing frequency. And welcome back, brothers and sisters. We are talking with uh, an amazing guest today, Sylvie Savage, on cultivating conscious relationships with our pets. Um, So, now, like, continuing the conversation, when we talk about... Um, the whole pet industry, adopting of pets, breeding of pets. Like, what is your feeling and perspective on all of that? Well, I think that um, dogs and breeding and it's not, they're not free, right? And so we, when we talk about breeds, different types of breeds of dog, that kind of freaked me out one day thinking about that. You know, because we're breeding animals to create a certain look or disposition that we like. Mm -hmm. And when I start, when I applied that same theory to the human race, and I thought, oh, you know, I wonder what would happen if we started breeding people to to create certain looks and dispositions that were appealing to us. And I don't mean our natural instincts of wanting to, you know, uh, 
multiply with a beautiful person. Like, that's not what I mean. I mean, I want bigger eyes, shorter body, uh, whatever. And then you end up with a dog that fits in a teacup. <laughs> or a person. Imagine a human being being bred to the point where they're, they, they can stand in a teacup. That's some barbaric stuff right there. Yeah. That's creepy. And, and, um, it upsets me. And, you know, the truth is, is I, I have two dogs and I, I love them and I get so much pleasure out of them. But I do believe that they are my, my, I, I've, I've created a, an environment where they're captive to me. And that's really what it is. That's what it comes down to. They are a business. They are fulfilling a need that we have. Um, they don't have, and I hope, and I, and I'm trying to really, uh, educate myself and understand that this is a choice that they've made beyond this world and, and that, uh, they are committed to us, uh, spiritually. Mm-hmm. But if it's, but if it's not, it is, uh, it's very upsetting. It's very upsetting idea of having a dog and them being so loving to us. And I wonder, is it Stockholm syndrome? Like, or do they have, they don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It it gets a little crazy. It does. And I think like uh, going further into reflecting on dog breeding and and this whole concept, it's Mm. like, what the hell gave us the right to mess with nature on that level? And you and I got into this conversation yesterday talking about that, like how, like how have we messed with nature and Mm. why have we not learned our lesson yet? And then, you know, when you expand that whole idea, it's like, we, like, I don't know, a lot of us are aware now. Like, scientists have been talking about this for a long time. We're killing species at a rate on this planet that is so insane and sick. It, like, mm-hmm. boggles my mind. Like, there's no appreciation for the process of evolution. I mean, if you believe in that. Some spiritual people in, with different spiritual traditions don't believe in that. I do believe in a prime mover in this universe, and I do believe that there is a process of evolution that takes time. And we live on a planet that has done this beautiful, magnificent job of creating all of this amazing life. You know, like, when you look at, when you think about all the species of animals that are on this planet, it's incredible. And the sad part is, is that we don't value them because we don't value ourselves. We don't value each other. We don't value our relationships. We don't see the deeper spiritual, soulful side of, of reality. And I think this is where the disconnect is. And I all, I'm often very curious of, about the cause of all that. When did human civilization fall into this level of, of consciousness where we no longer value animals? Because I feel that in ancient times, if you go back into Egypt or maybe even before that, I feel that there was more of an awareness of the gifts that animals have. Like in Egyptian culture, I'm not the an expert on Egyptian culture. I would love to learn more about Egyptian culture. I totally love it. But from what I understand, from what I've read and listened to with different lectures and speakers, you know, cats were revered in Egypt. They were, they were revered for being strong, for being great strategists, for being protective. And Egyptians worshipped cats for that reason. You know, they, they held them on a very high pedestal in Egypt for some time. And it's like, I, I just don't understand what happened in our world, you know, where we've become these, these 
beings who do not value the these things in animals or in life itself and you know a lot of my friends and i we talk about white colonialism and and what that did to the planet and wiping out different indigenous cultures and you know forcing christianity onto different people like sometimes i feel that might be part of the cause of losing our uh, our awareness because we were also we were being treated like animals like you know like it's a very deep sometimes painful thing to talk about but when slaves were taken from africa they were treated like animals you know mm -hmm. this is your purpose this is what we need you for that's it you have your you have your shed you have your food and you have your water that's it you had no freedom of choice you can go anywhere you can be with whoever you want that that was it and essentially you know we do the same thing to animals and so it's like this, I feel, needs to be talked about on a greater level, which is why I'm I'm so happy we're talking about this today. But, yeah, I think that absolutely these things have to change. We have to have greater value for life itself. I agree. And And one of the things that I do is I help people understand what is happening in their home with their pet. And what I mean by that is, Sometimes people say, you know, Sylvie, my dog has so much anxiety and I don't know why. And it, I could say to them, that's because you have anxiety, but I'm pretty sure that conversation would end right there, right? And mm -hmm. so what I do is I try to help people understand the level of healing that can be identified through observation. And you're talking about something that in my opinion is a level four healing. And I'll explain. So, Level one would just be something physical. So like uh, you've burnt yourself, you, you've had a reaction to something, you've cut yourself, and your body innately will know what to do, right? Oh, hmm. I heal myself. I'm a magician. You, there's no need for really much intervention. A level two would be more of a cellular issue, something where um, it could be easily helped with say a massage or chiropractic or nutrition or homeopathy something like that a pattern that's been created over time right mm -hmm. and then the third would be a mental so the body and the mind is experiencing a lack of balance because of boredom or because of of stressful situation so in that case i would be saying to this family going through this list you know, I think that the situation is is an emotional one and that we need to direct it that way. But many times it's higher than that. And it's more about, uh, it surpasses all levels of physical uh, and cellular emotion. It's more about the past trauma, DNA, past lives even, mm -hmm. loss, those types of things. And... I don't know about you, but having conversations with people about healing effects from your past lives is not really that welcomed. Or if it is, it's out of curiosity and it's like, a, oh, wow, that's an interesting thing to think about. But more and more, people are opening their minds to that potential. And I think once the more we talk about it, like this show that you're that you have and we're talking about something that some people would think is crazy. Mm -hmm. Right? But when we start surpassing this physical body and we start thinking about a spiritual self and our souls and that we do have things to learn and that we are fulfilling something and trying to grow from our experiences and that the past does affect our present and our present does affect our future. Maybe not in this life, 
maybe in another life. Absolutely. I think it starts to create a little more healing, a little more understanding, a little more collaboration. And I, I, I am in full agreement of what, what has happened, what have we lost. But I also believe that this is why I spend so much time on dogs specifically, is that they help us to see what it is that we need to work on and what it is we need to learn, even through sacrifice of themselves. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, I know we're talking about something far greater, but if we are talking about sacred life, animals will help us to see the mistakes that we've made. They will help us to see how to feel pain and how to, how to change things and how to identify the value of what we're trying to achieve in this world because they're pure. Again, they're just pure. They don't hold back. They don't say, I was your slave. They, they just say you have pain because of that. Mm-hmm. They, they just don't hold that. They just show us how we feel. That's all they do. They just keep showing us how we feel. And beyond, beyond the physical is what they're best at. Yes, absolutely. Definitely. I totally agree with that from my experiences with having animals. One, one other experience, actually two experiences I want to quickly talk about. I, I was responsible for these two gray cats um, they were wild and feral and in need of, of a home and food. So I took care of them for a while. And it was interest, an interesting process where, you know, it's like I, was, I just adopted a kid or something. Or I was just looking after a human being for a short period of time just to help them transition into a, a new life. But, like, having these great cats that were feral, it was interesting to see how they behave compared to my cat Bubs. I had them all in the same environment, so it was really interesting to observe. And, like, they were so wild, they did not care to develop a relationship with myself or my partner. They just wanted their food, and they just wanted to, like, sleep and just do what they wanted to do. They had no interest. But, over time, as they observed us, and they actually came to, like, understand who we were and how we function, and our personalities, our moods, our lifestyle slowly we saw them open up to us and I was so happy about that like we didn't force them to like behave in any kind of way we just kind of let them do their thing and so I would be on my couch just kind of chilling you know with my partner watching something relaxing and then here comes you know one of these cats and they just come and start cuddling with me and I I was like wow you know like this is like so amazing this is beautiful Like, this cat finally, yeah, this cat finally felt safe enough to, like, come and just cuddle with me and just be with me. And it felt, it felt amazing. I was like, okay, I I must be doing some kind of a decent job here. And, yeah, (laughs) I just felt like it was like a, it was like a two-way street, you know? Like, I gave them their space to let them work through. Because, like, what I realized with animals, and I think you and I talked about this the other day, too, and, and, and talking about disease and how they get the diseases that we get, I realized that, Animals take on their own levels of trauma. When I first adopted Bubs, he was a street cat and he had never had a stable home. And, you know, I think he was in a lot of like crazy, like erratic areas, you know, where he didn't have a lot of peace. So when I finally brought him into my home, like it's like he never wanted to leave. And I would try to bring him outside to like help him get some fresh air and, you know, be with my neighbor's dogs because he loved my neighbor's dogs. And he would always stay close to the door. 
he would never want to venture out too far. Like he, he, it's like, I still felt that anxiety in him, that tra- that trauma that he was afraid, like, Oh my God, I'm not going to have a home. If I stay here, I have to be close to this door so I can get back in. And I was unable to like get him out of that. Like he, he stayed in that energy for like the longest time. And so like, yeah, like it just makes you reflect that. Like, you know, they do feel things on a deep level, just like we do. And then they also need time to process that just like we do. And so like, we, it's like people need to kind of cultivate their own levels of tolerance and patience and not trying to force animals, even people, you know, we do this with people as well. It's all, it's it's all self-projection of how we operate in our own lives and other areas. But it's like, yeah, like I feel like some families are not patient with that process and like, oh, you know what? This dog or this cat is not behaving the way I want. So screw them, put them on the street or let's put them up for adoption. Let's get another animal. And I think it's it's a very sad thing. And that's why I was excited when I was talking to you the other day about all this stuff. Because you say that you work with families and you work with people, you know, when they're in this kind of process. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, I think that we are, you know, I think we've talked about how these animals are a commodity. And people do not understand how um, special the situation is right and so they don't they don't realize that this is a very special opportunity for you to grow for your family to grow for you to identify um what's prominent in your family and what you need to work on as a family people don't realize that and that's why I do what I do because I feel like the more people identify with the beauty of what an animal brings into our lives the easier our lives are going to be as well. So it's Mm -hmm. not, it's like you're fighting this battle because we're all, many of us are stuck making money, raising kids, you know, having a crappy boss, having a a upsetting childhood. I mean, it goes on and on. The list goes on and on. I'm not popular. I don't have the right house. I don't have the right body. I mean, we're, we're all in this crazy trap Mm -hmm. and we don't really see and identify with our animals and how they don't care about any of this. Absolutely not. <laughs> and, and That's why they're so amazing. Yeah, they don't care about any of this. And, and their teachings are, are so simple and pure. And we are missing the opportunity that they're showing us. It's unconditional. I mean, there is no con- there are zero conditions. Period. I would say that's that's probably for me the most beautiful thing about having relationships with animals is the unconditional love. They don't care about how, like you said, you don't. They don't care about how you look. You know, if you're driving this fancy car or if you have this latest fashion or like whatever, or they don't care about your money. They don't care about any of that. You know, they just yeah. want to be in this magical, fun energy of life, and they want to share it with you. Yeah, and they and they want to help reflect with you. About yeah. What it what it is because like people this is I mean less and less but I'm hoping I'm really hoping that in time people will start to understand the beauty of what we've created because I do believe we've created a commodity and it's very unfortunate I would not bring my dogs to the field today and say be free (laughs) because honestly they'd be so hurt and confused right Mm -hmm. this is not where we're at but if we can just at least identify the beauty of what they are and what they can do for us, it's not about wearing a, a, you know, a beaded necklace. I bought my dog a beaded necklace and then now he sleeps on a, on a, you know, futon that he, I don't know. It, it's more about the relationship. 
That's mm-hmm. all they care about. That's all they care about. And the more we identify with the relationship that we are building with our animals and how we work together and help each other. I mean, it's always going to be one-sided because they're captive to us. But hopefully they've chosen to do that. I'm hoping. Um, and and the, the beauty of the evolution that we're trying to achieve, even just you and I in this conversation, it, for me, it's through pets. For you, it's through communication of uh, with radio and books and, and businesses and all of these things. More people, more collaboration, more evolution, more conversation, more awareness. That's all we're trying to do. And and maybe one day we won't be looking back confused about it. Maybe we'll be like, oh, it had to happen. We had to have difficulty. We had yes. to really, you know, we had to, we really had to think about our relationships with our pets because otherwise we wouldn't understand it. So mm-hmm. I'm Absolutely. hoping that's 100%. Yeah. I'm hoping that's the future. So if you had to give, if you had to give families or individuals a set of tips on how to cultivate more awareness or compassion for their animals, what would you tell them? I think, what I would tell them is to take the time to understand what's important to your pet. So for me, like if I go back to my dog, Oscar, which is what started this whole road for me, I never considered um, his health in the same way I considered my family's health. And I think that that would have opened up my mind to thinking about his emotions and his needs which would have then opened up my mind to identifying what our relationship means besides just one, just for me, because that's all it ever was. You're here for me when I get home, you know, that's it. Like if we start to identify with their intelligence and their communication and, and what it is that they need and stop trying to control the situation and more like, we were, you said something about Caesar Milan before we, um. Yes, I totally forgot to revisit that, but you and I had an amazing conversation yeah. yesterday about his journey dealing with animals. Yeah, so that's an example of, of elevating our understanding of dogs. And so Caesar Milan has a unique gift of energy communication. I, I've never seen anyone else like that except for Caesar Milan. Caesar Milan has this special gift and he was given a platform in which to share that gift. Right. Mm-hmm. And in that distribution of sharing that information, I think it became more about control and less about communication. And I think what's ha- no one's done more for dogs than Caesar Milan. Let's just, Make that clear. I, I believe he's lost the idea that originated that gate, that he was given this energy that he was given this ability. And he started to control the environment, constantly controlling the dog, constantly controlling the behavior. It's a constant control. And he identified with this by saying wolves don't live like that. But we all know that our dogs are not wolves. They don't like my little Chihuahua. Honestly, if she walks in front of me, behind me, she sleeps on my bed or she eats before me. She doesn't care. There's no, there's no control needed for my dog to sit and beg and all. I, I can't. There's no purpose. 
There's no purpose in our relationship for that. And I think the further we get from the purpose of our relationship and the closer we get to controlling our dogs, the further we are from the gift that they're giving us. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. 100%. Yeah. And I think Caesar, Caesar Milan had, I would love to have a conversation with him. I, I feel like he's probably, he would blow my mind. I'm pretty sure. And, um, but I do believe that the controlling is a trap, just like we try to control how we look, what we wear, where we live, who we're with. Like it, life is not, you can't, you can't control it. You just got to live it. You just got to live it. You just got to do your best. And, and he's, he's, I don't know. I'd love to chat with him about that. Yeah, I definitely have one of his books here. My sister ended up adopting a dog that was, um, oh, Lord, I can't, I can't I can't even remember the breed. But it was one of these smaller dogs. And, um, yeah, I was like, okay, I need to learn more about how dogs work and how best to communicate with them. But then, again, a lot of the literature that's out there is all about how to train the dog to become what you want it to become, to train it on how to behave, how, like, how to behave how you want it to behave. And so, I mean, in those moments, obviously, I didn't even have that awareness. I was like, okay, this is what people do. This is how I got to train this animal so that it behaves properly with other animals and humans. And I guess this is just what I have to do. And I think a lot of people also get trapped into that paradigm or that that level of programming. We're just kind of all following each other. So perhaps, like, I think, like, for you, what I felt yesterday in our conversation is that, like, you know, this whole journey... Uh, is very sacred and the universe has chosen you like you know to help communicate this idea to a greater audience to perhaps be the first evolution of this kind of transformation well i think i think it's pretty awesome well i'm hoping that if that is true that i am up to the task and i am definitely working on identifying how to have that conversation with our animals and how to understand their feelings and, and their limitations and feelings and exponential power and energy. And if I can achieve that, um, wow, wouldn't that be amazing? Absolutely. I, I think like if we can have better relationships with animals, that would, that would in, like automatically indicate that we can have better relationships with other human beings. So and- let's say that we are. Let's say that we are going to do that. And let's say that that's already happening. Yes. Let's put that out there into the universe. (laughs) It's happening. (laughs) Ultimately, we all come from, I believe, we all come from the same source. And that source is pure love. So if we learn, I feel if we learn to love ourselves and love one another, you know, more deeply, appreciate one one another more deeply, then that will spill over into all these other areas of life, dealing with animals and dealing with nature and on all, in all these levels. And then I feel like that will help to create this paradigm shift that a lot of us are wanting to create on this planet. And as you said, we're already creating it by even having this conversation. So we are nearing the end of the program. I wanted to take a quick second to like read a few quotes. I, I love reading different quotes. I do it every day and I feel like, it's a very quick way to shift your awareness and have great appreciation for different things in life. So um, I just wanted to talk about a few quotes here that I have. Uh, so here's one by Martin Buber, and it goes like this. An animal's eyes have the power to speak a great language. So I felt that that was 
so amazing because it's true. We talked about that in this program that they speak to us with different forms of energy. So that's one quote that I liked. Um, here's another one. And uh, this is by Anatoly France. Um, Until one has loved an animal, a part of one's soul remains unawakened. I really like that one. Like, that was awesome. I think that's that's totally legit. Um, let's see what else I have here. <laughs> um... <laughs> Outside of a dog, a book is a man's best friend. Inside of a dog, it's too dark to read. So that's one interesting um, uh, spin on a relationship with dogs. Um, apart from that, uh, Sylvie, is there any other uh, place where people can connect with you? Do you have a blog or a website that you can send people to? Sure. It's uh, sylviesavage.com. And it's uh, Sylvie, S-Y-L-V-I-E, and Savage, S-A-V-A-G-E.com. And I, uh, uh, please feel free to reach out to me. And if you have any questions or ideas or inspirations, I'm all ears. Awesome. And I guess on that note, brothers and sisters, we will conclude today's program. If you would like to know more about me or this radio show, please go to www.caleoftruth.com or follow me on Instagram at caleoftruth as well on Twitter and Facebook. So again, if you want to join me, uh, I will be back on again Thursdays, uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on InnerLightRadio.com. Thank you for joining me and have an amazing day. Stay blessed. Mm-hmm.